What's up, you guys? Noise Apata here. Listen, what you're about to watch right now is an episode with Brock Wooden. Uh, Brock is an exceptional individual, all right? Uh, pretty much, I've had a lot of guys on the show that are amazing, life-changing individuals. Uh, the more we give, the more we have, and a rising tide raises all ships. Brock Wooden pretty much is going to be talking about, and he's a closure school ally uh, and colleague of ours, about success. You get me, uh, mindset, sales, uh, you know, how some of his ideas, you get me on the social dynamics, you get me of the polarity between men and women, and uh, just a lot of genius stuff from him. It just kicking ass at his age um, uh, and definitely somebody that inspires me you get me to constantly live you know and do more and be more you know he has a quote in this episode where it says like if we for example don't choose our friends and our friends don't inspire us then we live in a prison so make sure all your friends inspire you make sure that you keep becoming better you get me he's in the process of creating his riches i'm in the process of creating my riches he's 19 i'm 22 and check out the rest of the channel. Some of the guys here have raised billions of dollars, a lot of multimillionaires. Um, you know, they made a movie uh, with Tom Cruise and I freaking had one of the guys that he was playing uh, from the game by Neil Strauss uh, on there. So just like, comment, subscribe, enjoy. Uh, the more we give, the more we have and a rising tide raises all ships. Enjoy the free content. All right, say hi, Brock. Hey. What's ah. up, guys? All right, so this is Brock. He pretty much loves to make sales great again and again and again. But mindset, success, social dynamics, cutting to the choice very collectively. It's a show about how people a lot of the time fall into mediocrity versus the latter and living a first class life. Brock himself is one of those individuals that likes to live a first class lifestyle. So with mindset, success, this guy has tremendous inner game with the social dynamics of how he interacts with people, teaches people, gets people to like him. He's got tremendous outer game. He's got great social skills. And he, he lives his life by design. He's intentional about how he does it. He's, a real, he's one of those real people in the top 10, 20% of the world that is pretty much investing in himself constantly uh, and the compound effect of that over time. So Brian Tracy, Brian, you, I'm Brock, you can, you can shoot back and forth anytime here, of course, obviously. Uh, and we're both part of the same mastermind with Brad Lee as well with Closure School Live. Yeah. So... Brock's a sales professional. He's an expert when it comes to selling. Uh, I dabble in the field a little bit myself. I'll, I'll link a, a publication I did about me in a magazine recently under. Uh, but this episode's all about Brock. So, Brock, how are you? Um, how, how's your story? Uh, where, where'd you go to high school? You get me. We're both super young, dude. I'm 22 years old. Yeah. You get me. You're, you're like yeah. what? You're like 23? I, uh, I'm 19. 19, you get me. We're like two, two years of difference, three years yeah. difference. There we go. Yeah, so... Um... I went to high school. Um, I've actually throughout my high school career, uh, or if you want to call it a career, whatever you want to call it, but I went to three different or four different high schools in a matter of three years. Um, and it was quite an interesting experience. Um, I have to say, one thing that high school taught me is that they don't know what they're teaching, they don't know what they're doing. And it's I I was very fascinated by the fact that there were people who were making thirty-five dollars to $50,000 a year telling me what I should and shouldn't do and not to go out and listen to what these millionaires and people who have amassed large amounts of wealth and what they were saying right, and yeah. listening to the people who had made it to where I want to be versus the people who are trying to tell me that I should stay stuck. Um, 
all four year or all three or all four high schools I went to each guy, each time I had a guidance counselor, when I told them I didn't want to go to college, their response is, well, I'll see you at McDonald's kind of a situation. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a typical story, you know, nobody believes in, in the path until, you know, you're able to start seeing it. Um, so for me, I graduated from, so I originally lived in California, moved here when I was seven, 16. I did my junior year out here at Mountain View High School um, in Loveland, Colorado. And um, it was a great experience. That's where I met my now significant other. We've been dating for three years, um, which been, has been a blessing. But um, at that school, I was able to I found a program where you can graduate a year early. What I had to do is I had to take 11 classes in my first semester and my second semester in order to get it done. Now, I'm not saying I did anything fantastic. I literally just did the absolute bare minimum in all of my classes to get out because I saw it as a complete waste of my time. Um, now, with versus that being what you said, said before. I'm sorry, what? Versus what you said before. Because a lot of the time you get me and a lot of the things that we do here is that all. Uh, you know, we've had guys that have raised billions of dollars on the show. We have Brock Wooden today. You know, we've had some of the best seducers in the world from that game, from that book, The Game by Neil Strauss. Yeah. Like, so fucking cool, man. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise played one of the one of those guys in a movie called Magnolia. I was able to get that guy on the show as well. I oh, mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, there you go. It's, it's nuts because these guys teach sales training but for seduction. Yeah. And then yeah. you get me. We're, we're from the corporate world. We don't come from that world. But I, I've definitely, you get me, been dabbling with that. Because yeah. I, I like social skills. Like, I yeah, like leadership. Definitely. I like sales. I like dating. I'm passionate about all areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't like you or myself. That they'll take the time to, you know, this was impossible. Other people will tell us to get good at anything, right? Despite us maybe already being naturally good or maybe training ourselves because we want to reach the next level. Whatever it is for any case throughout the world. Because I have people that tune in now, believe it or not. Like, they're from Australia, some of them. I mean, these guys are from like uh, London, the UK. I've seen people from the Netherlands. You get me from people from India have tuned into the show, subscribed yeah. and commented on the channel. I'm just like, oh my God, they're coming from everywhere. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, what are, what are other gems of wisdom you share with people? Because some, a lot of people are scared to chase their dreams and like, they won't do what you do. You get me? Like they won't think big. They won't read the books. They won't be extraordinary. You get me? Because all you that, have to be in an it, environment. it compounds. Like you all the millionaires we've had on before and what you said yeah. now. Yeah, you really you really have to get yourself into an environment where, you know, the people around you are or have a, a growth mindset because that's extremely important whenever it yes. comes to, you know, growing. You know, it, one thing that's always fascinated me is that whenever I get myself in a room that's where everybody's done more things than me achieved more things than me I always feel uncomfortable but that's a good uncomfortable I always love feeling that sort of uncomfortable because I know that I'm in the right place and some of the best things that have ever happened to me happened when I was in you know let's say uh, the mastermind for Brad Lee or even some other groups that I'm in that have some pretty massive people in it that are doing some pretty great things um, so I feel like you know having you know, your inner circle inspire you. Um, I don't remember exactly where I heard this quote from, um, but if your inner circle doesn't inspire you, it's not a circle, it's a prison. Um, So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to pay attention to a social audit, I guess I would say, 
um, figure out, you know, who you're, who you're around, who you spend the most time with. And if they're not chasing their dreams, if they're not aiming towards something big, are they really a good person to be around? Are they going to be a good influence? So, yeah. What are, what are other things, for example, cause I'm in the process of creating riches now. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a lot in common with that because we're around all these very rich, powerful people. You get yeah. me. Most guys our age won't accomplish what we already are doing throughout their lives and they stay stuck kind of like how teachers will tell you you get me if you don't go to college you're gonna end up at mcdonald's yeah or you get me other people trying to put doubt into us and they're and trying to impose their own limitations of their own reality like don miguel lewis talks on four agreements versus you get me the unattached of ourselves and you know being like brock is and he's just chasing his dreams because a lot of the time all of us have experienced this everyone has experienced this but it's just that some people let the fire get extinguished versus other people are phoenixes. They rise, they're eagles, and they put other people on. I mean, where do you want to take the conversation, Brock? Because I know you're always learning stuff. I know you have a lot of knowledge. You get me. You're always, the, you know, you, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, um, I mean, honestly, I like where this conversation is going so far. Why don't we head off into the direction of more like success stuff? And then we can move more into sales as we get sure. further along. Yeah. Whatever so um, with like you were saying, you know, it, you know, most of the times people, people's fires get extinguished by circumstances like a family, kids, you know, those kind of things. And um, I, I, I tend to find that that's one of the excuses that, you know, most people are accepting and they're, they're like, oh, okay, I get that. Um, but for me, you know, I, I, I've never understood that, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you don't go and chase your dreams and go after something big and do something big for your family, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, it. It, it may be hard for the people that you're around, but if your dreams are killed, you're walking around without the spark in your life. You know, you're, you're, you're a dead person walking. Um, and that's almost more damaging to your family and the people that you're around than, you know, going out and doing things differently and not just always being home. I mean, 30 minutes of quality time is better than all day of just lackadaisically hanging out. Undivided attention of like 30 minutes of undivided attention with the person that you care about or the person who you want to have a relationship with is more important than spending an entire day with them not doing anything like interacting in a way. Um, that's one thing that I've learned in my personal relationships is that, you know, you have to have a certain understanding of when it's time to, you know, let them do their thing and focus on your grind. And then also knowing that there is a time and a place to take a break, give undivided attention, leave everything behind and not think about that stuff and just hang out and be present with that person. Um, I guess presence is probably the best way because I mean, I've hung out with a lot of people and not been present when I was hanging out with them. I was thinking about other stuff. My mind was in other areas and that affected the quality of time that I was able to spend with them. Um, I definitely feel like quality over quantity. Intensity. Is like, yeah. Um, and, and I'll, yeah, definitely. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something that's huge. Um, you know, reading the book, strong men, or excuse me, hard times create strong men. Um, it really changed my perspective of the dynamic of how you're supposed to um, have your inner circle. Um, it's not, you know, you have you to go into detail have... with that because, like, we we can go we can go back and forth with this very easily just because you get me of 
the yeah. experience I have with like the pickup community. Like, I had a bad breakup when I was when I was 16, and it kind of traumatized me pretty badly. Um, yeah. I hope she's doing fantastic. You get me? Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Mine was when and, I was. Um, I think I was 15 and a half when mine happened. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. And you get me. We we hope they're doing awesome. You get me. I, I know we're doing great. Yeah. And um, uh, it's kind of like I I had to kind of pick up my game again when it came with girls because like oh, I, I love teaching. You get me. Pick up and all that in a way where it's like most guys. You get me. Imagine you have this unicorn that walks into your life, and you're not able to hold on to her. You get me because maybe you didn't have a father figure. I'm just gonna speak in general though because of the mm -hmm. outside because because of the cases Definitely. that I've seen. You get me. People I've spoken with. Everything all together my own but it's like most there's the same way that in sales you get me we get confused you get me and sometimes we want to get better at training there's this mm -hmm. whole other world where it's like imagine if you have abundance in this area of your life as well like every area of your life is abundant like you don't have to worry about the girl leaving you or you leaving her you have the choice to be able to walk on to the next company the next deal and choose who you do business with at a level where it's mm -hmm. like super extreme some guys are super natural they never have to study any of it. They're just like the best of the best. They just get there. But um, I've definitely studied it. I mean, like with that book that you were talking about with Stefan, like what are some of the things where it's like when setting up your inner circle, you get me, the people around you, you get me in life, you know, not looking for gold diggers, you know, looking for people that appreciate you, who you are, people on the same mission, trying to get to where they want to go to. I mean, or anything else that you get me, you probably stumbled on it and or with the wisdom you've already shared, bro. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that was a major mindset shift for me um, reading that book was you have to be strong, not nice. You don't need to be a nice guy because, of course, you know, as the saying goes, nice guys finish last. Um, and it's and it's extremely true because they don't take care of themselves and they don't put themselves first in a lot of situations when it needs to be done. Um, and also with that being strong, I mean, it's just it's so important that you are a foundation um, for not just yourself, um, but for other, you know, guys in your life. Um, we live in an age where being a man is looked down upon, um, being responsible is looked down upon. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's kind of twisting our social dynamics. Um, that's one of the interesting things about with the, the dating scene right now, I guess I would say. Um, is that girls, they're wanting to focus on their career and they're wanting to go, go, go and focus on their career. And they're not worried about, you know, kids and the traditional family, you know, ideology that most uh, or this, the stereotypical woman would think about um, or it's transitioning out of that. Um, and that's changing the dynamics of both parties. Um, a lot of times nowadays, relationships are getting into a neutral um, like male, female, like 50% male, 50% female role for both of them, instead of it being like one's the real male role model or the male part of this relationship this and the other one's the feminine. Um, and that- Don't get any ideas with me. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it'd be Brock on. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's interesting because I know that for me, if I was in the middle of trying to find a girl right now, I feel like one of the biggest things is kind of setting expectations early on. That's what I've had the best experience with for me, setting boundaries, 
Um, but also one of the things that I've also noticed is that most guys who don't get the girl are not like they overthink things. That's to me, that's 90% of the problem. I mean, my cousin, he had struggled with getting a girlfriend for a very, very long time. I was like, dude, you need to stop overthinking it. You're complicating it way too much. You're hanging out with these girls, but you're never making a move. You just have to make that move. And then understand that if that falls through, you have two choices. A, you can continue to pursue and try again and try again and continue to woo them. Or you can move on to the next option because there's plenty of options. I mean, as the saying go, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, so with that being said, I feel like, you know, if we're talking about, you know, the, the dating scene, what worked for me was being consistent, um, not letting the first no stop me. I mean, I'm sure in sales, that's, that's one of the you very first now. things you learn. Yeah. Um, we've been dating for three years. It's been, it's been great. Um, and then just being a good communicator. That's so important you know, being able to in the heat of the, and I know I'm steering away from the dating and actually into the relationship. Um, but man, communication is so important, especially whenever it comes to, comes to fighting. Like if you ever get in a fight, you have to keep a level head. You got to be stoic. Um, I love the idea of stoicism. I think it's such a fascinating, um, uh, thought process or, or an ideology um, because it's so intelligent in the way that you have to take a step back before you let your emotions react and you have to kind of release yourself from the situation, think logically, decide what are your options, make a decisive decision, stick with it, and then go. And then once you run into another decision, you pull back, you let your emotions fall away from it, and then you make your next concise decision. Um, and that allows you to make the best decisions overall. Um, and that's something that I've worked really, really hard to. While being uh, a giver, because I, I think that's what you were. I think you're, I think you're a giver, right? Like naturally your personality. I, I would have to say, yeah. I wanted to break it down for the other guys. Cause sometimes people go out and they just try to take from people and like, take, take, take. Yeah. You get me on the outside, but like when you're a giver, you get me like you are life gets better overall. Like that program Zig that Ziglar I bought yesterday said, yeah. Uh, if you give, uh, it, it, what is it is, um, if you get enough, if you give enough others, what they want, you will in turn get what, get you, what you want. want. Yep. Exactly. The way to get what you want is to help other people, other people get, get what, get what they, they want. want. Yep. Exactly. So this podcast. Yeah. You get me, it's pretty much having experts like Brock. You get me guys that really have their shit together in life versus you get me, you know, anything that's outside and a role model. Where it's like, okay. damn, you know, I, I, I didn't know Brock had like a, a marriage of three years. I'm like, oh my God, congratulations, Mr. Wood. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's quite a marriage, but I, I know what you mean. Um, it essentially is. I mean, we live together. What's, what's the difference? Um, so yeah, man, um, it's been, you know, it's been interesting, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, seeing where I was at 16, I was a player. You know, I loved I got it. flirting with girls, you know, hitting them up, you know, having some fun and then falling off and, you know, just being that typical douchebag in high school. You know, I was a wrestler. I played hockey. I was a rugby player. You know, I had all of these sports that I played. I was really in shape. Um, Alpha male. It, 
Yeah, and it and it wasn't like I have to be honest, it wasn't difficult to get girls to get their attention. Um, sometimes I got, I got a little bit too much attention, and that really inflated my ego. Um, but that's something that, like, whoa, whoa, I got it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where as I've gotten older, you know, even though it's only been two years, I've realized how dangerous having an ego can be because there's so many traps along the way of having a large ego. Um, can I go into detail with that? Just because this is going to change your definitely. life. You're right, by the way. You are right. Because an ego, if you don't control it, it can be something that can hurt us on the outside. An ego, though, is something that you want to cultivate in a healthy way. Napoleon Hill talks about with W. Clement Stone in his book, Succeeding Grow Rich Through Persuasion. I've read all of Napoleon Hill stuff. I've read like, I put in over 10,000 hours studying sales and like all this stuff. Yeah. Pretty much. Link the published article that I had recently now here, the things that I'm working on. But hey, man, I'm like a local celebrity in Miami. It's just fucking cool. Like, what the there fuck? you go. Hey, man, it's cool as shit. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. But pretty much, you get me healthy ego is something where it's like you don't take anything too personal you don't take anything too serious but a healthy ego is something that is a part of who you are like brock for example has an ego he has a lot of positive reference points in the past he has a lot of things that have helped him become more strong and confident you get me he's had wins that have stacked and built his character which is you get me how the world will see him based off you get me who he is in his own life you get me the experiences you get me the stories the journeys that have made up brock into who he is Mm -hmm. So an ego, you get me, could be really bad if it's not under control and if it's not tamed, you get me, which is what I think you were going into, you get me, um, I'm not sure if you want to take it anywhere else, we're just going to go back and forth, you get me, you're sharing ideas together like that, I hope that's okay. Yeah, me being the host. No, that's fine, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that one of the biggest things and, and how I've come to, I guess, be at the place that I am is... Um, you're confident. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I like to, I, I used to hate reading throughout my entire high school journey. I hadn't, I, I think the only time I read a book was when we were forced to read it in class and I wouldn't read it. Like we would do like the popcorn reading and I would only read where I needed to. And that was the only time I would ever finish a book. You were super popular um, in high school than yourself then, right? No, so because you, I moved, I was super I, popular in high school. Like, I yeah, was like because I moved popular. around so much, I never right. really had a chance to settle down at one. I mean, I, I guess I, I, I can't say that I wasn't popular, like people knew about me, but I also, I didn't have a lot of deep rooted connections with people because I had gone from one, like I, I literally went to my freshman year, I went to a high school for three months and then I transferred. Um, and then I finished out the year there and then I transferred again and then I finished out the year there and then I transferred again. And so it was like, I didn't really have a chance to build any of those like quality relationships or have like any big, big moments that like shifted me, um, into the role of popularity. But I, I'm also glad because of that. It gave me a lot of good perspective. Um, I feel like having a large ego and having all of that attention on you at a very young age is very, um, it, it's potentially dangerous. Um, a lot of people who have really great experiences in high school and they're the top shit, um, a lot of times that's kind of where they peak. They go to college and there's that other alpha male who's better than them, who can do more, the D1 quarterback or, or you know, whatever the situation may be, 
you know, and then that starts to like, that starts to play with you. And so you start to make moves that align with what you're telling yourself then. And because you had such an inflated time yeah. here, you had that ex expectation all the way through that you just get everything that you wanted because you're popular. Everybody likes you. Um, and you don't really have to work to make people like you, or you don't necessarily have to give. I know that a lot of popular people, um, I know popular people who are on both sides of the spectrum. Um, there's people who are really, really nice and they're like popular because everybody loved them as a person. They were just super fun to be around. And then I knew that there was those people who are popular because, you know, they were the badasses, you know, the people that were like, complete douchebags to the to the people on the lower side of the totem pole and um and that's kind of how they built up their you know superiority was just by you know just being stepping on well, the beta like too, by the way in the reality of the world because like whenever because I, I used to be into like you're from california but you get me when it comes to banging you get me in miami i would just claim myself because i was bullied until like fifth grade you get me well fifth grade was when i was bullied if we're going to be specific and then that I always wanted to be cool. Anyways, straight enough, you get me. I believe in God a lot, and I believe when you pray yeah. to God, like cause I, I would literally go to sleep crying, and I'd be like, "Hey, listen, you get me. Like, I want to be popular." Throughout the years, psychologically, you get me. When you study success, if you put, you get me. Let's say you want to be a millionaire, and you have just as much passion. What happens is that you begin to manifest these things in reality versus you get me. Maybe being one of the opposite of what was there so i kind of got into like stuff that wasn't good because it gave me a sense of like security it gave me a sense of respect i didn't want anybody to bully me i didn't want anybody to to, to, to you get me make me feel less and i wanted to feel more important and i'm like oh i can get what i want like this but i'm not sure if you want to take the conversation anywhere here and there you get me yeah just kind of like we're just kind of going together no yeah. definitely um you know just kind of build on that um you know, I think that a lot of times most people look at their rough periods, like when they were doing shit that they know they shouldn't have, you know, drugs, you know, whatever like that. There are some times where you just have to go through those periods in time just to get to the other side, because like once you've had those experiences, like the, the great thing about going down to low places is that you have somewhere to push off of um like hitting rock bottom it gives you somewhere to build from um knowing that you can't necessarily get any lower than that um and that can be a position of strength instead of a position of weakness um and you can be like you know what fuck this i am going all out i don't care anymore i just i'm sick and tired of the way that things have been and i'm going to turn it into the way that i want it to be um blessing in disguise yeah it's it, it really is you know some of the the hardest years of my life um, taught me some of the best lessons. Um, I was in a really toxic relationship when I was young. Um, and it, it helped me see and start to want to understand like relationships, social dynamics. So that, that way I don't have to go through those same things again. And when I do, or if I do, I know how to handle it. And I know how to, at least if it happens to me, I know the same process of growing from it. Um, I mean, for me, what's, what's in my life right and now, I know evolving. everything is temporary. Um, you know, I'm always trying to find, I wouldn't necessarily say the next problem, but the next challenge. Um, and, and with that comes a lot of growth and it's, and it's scary. Um, I saw this Instagram post a while back and it's like, 
each level that you go through requires a new part of you to grow. Um, like, you know, on this side of the fence, there may be barbed wire, but then on another, on the next wall, there's rattlesnakes, you know, and you have to, you know, you have to adapt to whatever that position is and move forward with that. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of growth that comes from your challenges. So when you're in the, when you're in the harder times, just be, just keep going, be grateful because a lot of times, you know, after talking to a lot of successful people, and I'm, I'm sure that you can kind of go from this as well. You I'm hear people 100%. say like the, the best times of my life was when I was building, not like once I got there, it was but, when I was building, it was the journey, not the destination. It's the journey. And so, um, I destination too. <laughs> I'm, Hey, I'm right there with you, man. I'm trying to do you. everything I can to, to clip time off of the, time off of the uh that's why we're around millionaires journey. a lot of the time the um, guys that are you get me worth hundreds of millions you get me guys that are around people that are worth you know Forbes 50 under 50 that's one of yeah. you know at my let's bradley's friend it's like yeah. what the f dude like dude we get to talk to like brad you get me he's around all these people like these are the kind of proximity that we're around yep the more hands we shake the more money we make you get me that's like with yeah. the podcast you get me with what brad told us yeah, I mean, maybe Brock will start his own podcast. Who knows? We, we'll, we'll let that sink in. I've been thinking Mick about it. He's the you one know, that inspired I've been me to start this one. Brad DeMint. Yeah. Give a shout out to DeMint. Yeah, yeah, Brad DeMint. He's, a, he's an awesome man. Yeah. Did he get you started? He inspired me to start this one. I'm like, this yeah. guy's kicking ass. You get me? That's what's I saw up. his website. Dude, he's one of my role models. Yeah. I, I, no, yeah Brad DeMint is a badass. He, he's a badass. Um, I, I've had a few conversations with him and um, – He's just, he has a great energy to him. He's just a really nice guy and he's trying to help Fucking people. Rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, so what are you doing right now? You're, uh, you're working on real estate, right? Right now I'm in the process of getting a six figure job. I'm not going back to color school live until I get that job, but yeah. I've pretty much just been failing over. I've been failing forward elegant, elegantly. Um, uh, I know I had the magazine published. You got me in the process of me doing all this, but I guess that's just what entrepreneurship is. But um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing. From there, I buy leads because I had even sold my car to buy leads, but like I fucked it up. I, I've done this like three, four times investing money. So it's kind of like, as long as I buy those leads, I can train, I can sell, I can close, I can develop relations. I have all the skills. That's not the point. It's just the the part of the learning curve of this real estate industry and kind of have gotten past to it. And the next step is like, now I just need to raise money so I can buy leads. And then the guys around me soon will be making a quarter mil a year because the commissions for this are exactly like wall street in the movie, which is one of my inspirations. You, get me. you guys can check out the publication that was published about me locally in Miami. It's pretty cool. I'm a celebrity now, but it's kind of like in stocks, some of those trades can be a hundred thousand dollars. $20,000, $30,000 commissions, right? In real estate, some of these deals could be a million dollars, $30 million, you get me. You know, so the commissions for that are high. Some of these deals you get me can be, you get me a $10,000 commission, $20,000 commission, $40,000 commission. Now this is, we're starting to make a sales experts, professionals, the highest paid profession in the world, or you get me, we'll get paid more than doctors, you get me, as long as we yeah. are adding value to the people around us. And now we're able to employ other people, you get me afterwards. Because we're helping, we're adding. You got me. So other people need leaders. Yeah, those people are the backbone of the economy. Heck yeah, man. Leaders are sales professionals, experts. Yeah, make sales yeah. great again. Fuck yeah. Funny thing is, is that um, 
you know, the, the weird thing is, is where we're moving into a time where, um, you know, of course the weak, weak men are coming out and they're, they're kind of, they're going to be creating hard times just to be completely blunt. Um, you know, right now, when, when, when you, when we get to a society where we start electing people because of what they're going to, um, what free stuff they're going to give us, that's when issues start to arise. The same thing happened in Rome. Um, when the people started to vote the politicians in that would give bread and grain and that kind of stuff for free like they just essentially bought votes and once that stuff starts to happen it gets really really bad because that's where the society of entitlement comes in and that's when a great country like the united states a producer or or a uh, a producer becomes a consumer um, and they and they stop and they start losing the innovation and um, and uh, the, the interesting thing is is that it's like when when you start making that transition the sales industry starts to slow down because when everything is given there's no point of of that part of the that the innovation necessarily the entrepreneurship exactly. that America yep. built on America. yeah it's like Venezuela before they went socialism there were salespeople everywhere. There were people with booming businesses. I mean, it was one of the best economies in the world at that time. Um, and then my parents are Hispanic, by the way, just in case for the record. Like my parents uh, are immigrants. I was born here, by the way, yeah. so I could be president because I was born hey, here. I'm, I'm American. Like, yeah, I can go to another country. Are you American? Si, mi amor. Soy americano. <laughs> there you go. Come on, please. That's what's up. Um, but yeah, and then after, and then after they went so after it went socialist, uh, it just there were no more salespeople. And what's going to bring it back around is when they make those changes, the salespeople will come back and uh, the economy will take back off. I mean, it's, it's without a sale, an entrepreneur can build a product, but if he doesn't sell it and if nobody sells it for him, it can be the greatest invention, but it will never land in the hands of anybody. Um, so it's, it's really important that, you know, sales is such an important role in, in, in the economy and in everyday life. Um, and, and to kind of go off of what you're saying, sales is either the highest paid job or the lowest paid job. Depends on what you do. Um, most people, when they get into sales, they do the basic training that they need just when they get the job. And then nothing. They don't read books. Like, I think it's like 70, 78% of salespeople have never read more than one sales book. That's just nuts, or the percentage might be higher. That's just off the top of my head, but I mean that's ridiculous. Um, the fact that you want to be making money like a doctor and a lawyer, but yet you're not willing to put in the same amount of hours that they did training, studying, preparing to get that kind of money. And if you train and prepare like a lawyer and a doctor as a salesperson, you will make ten times more than a doctor and a lawyer. Um, and that's really where it comes into, you know, you just, it's really what you do with the opportunities that you have, not necessarily as much as the opportunities that you have. So. And kind of just making the opportunities for you and living your life by design. I yeah. mean, that is so inspiring, Brock. I mean, what else do you want to talk about? Do you, this is your episode. Um, goodness, man. Um, we can kind we can of go diving we really into- could. Yeah. So, so let's talk about real estate. What, what side of things are you going to be doing? Like, are you doing the uh, wholesaling? Are you doing um, like flip fix and flips? Like, or are you just kind of selling packages on real estate? Like what's the, 
what's the what's the goal with that so it's exactly what you said it's just wholesaling um yeah i'll, I'll tell you about it real because maybe you'll get into this possibly um real estate is the safest vehicle uh, it's it's loved by sales professionals and the commissions are really high and it's a very niche market. Yep. So I'll, I'll share with you this just to benefit for you, but other people are going to get benefit off it as well. Wholesaling pretty much the commissions we talked about, we already spoke of them. What you do from there afterwards is that once you start making that kind of cash, your guys are making cash, is that you can begin to buy houses either for buy and hold or fix and flip. That's the next yep. step from wholesaling to then that and then you get me to having passive income or just flexing and flipping it to then eventually becoming the bank, hard money yeah. lender to other people, buying yeah. properties. So that's a very easy way to make hundreds of millions of Definitely. dollars and billions of dollars effectively. It's versus you get me starting at 40, 50, 60, maybe sales trainers that we've gone through versus us and how they always tell us, I wish yeah. we would have started when we were in our twenties. Imagine our 100%. future, how it's going to be now. Oh, especially yeah. because we already learned from their experiences. So now we're on the shoulders of giants. I mean, it's so true. Um, right now, I feel like Not where I'm at is I'm in Radical. the, um, so, you know, on, on a parabolic scale, how there's a long line of it just going like, it's kind of flat and then there's a curve and then it goes up and it's just exponential and it explodes. I see myself in, in, in kind of this area right here. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm very, very early on into the success area and um you know with, with real estate um life. i i love real estate because of the idea of money working for you um money working hard for you um instead of you working hard for your money you gotta work smarter not harder um and and with that i don't know if you've ever heard of it but have you ever heard of compassionate financing what is that brock so compassionate financing i've learned I, I learned it from chris crone um, you might've heard of him. You might not. He's a real estate guy from out of Utah. Um, and he's, he's done some pretty crazy things. Um, he's done over $2 billion worth of real estate transactions. Um, and, and one of the things that he Brad Blazer raised billions of dollars. We had him on the podcast. Go on, please. Yeah. Guys, yeah. check out that video. Definitely check Brad out that video. Um, and great. I, I got his book. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. Okay, for sure. That was a background the whole time. I thought you were by San Francisco. Well, yep, that's a background. <laughs> oh, I wish I wish that was Hold my on, view. I love this guy. Except for I wouldn't be able to be in California. I can't stand that. Um, it's the straight path to real estate wealth. Let's see if we can get it to focus here. California wants you back, bro. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm playing with um, this shit. The straight path to real estate wealth. Um, one of the things that he talks about is compassionate financing. And essentially it's similar to lease options. I'm sure you're familiar with lease options. Um, essentially for anybody who isn't familiar with lease options, what a lease option okay, is, yeah. is when you give somebody a higher rent because most of the time they're willing to pay more, um, but you're also giving them an option to purchase. Um, and with that, they do a deposit of some sort. But a lot of times with lease optioning, um, what the investor tends to do is make it as hard as possible for the person to buy the real estate as po like, as, you know, of course, um, with that being said, but what it's with compassionate financing, what you're doing is you're getting a, a 500 or generally it's about $5,000 down payment instead of like with rentals where you're just getting like a $500 deposit or a first month's rent or, or whatever that situation may be, you're getting a $5,000 deposit that's non-refundable. Um, and then you, they're responsible for maintenance, 
they're responsible for um, the house. They can do updates to it. They can do whatever they want because it's technically their house. Um, but you're slowly giving them the option to buy it. Now, what you do is you typically give them about a $10,000 equity bonus kind of situation um, because they had been paying as renters rent to own. Um, and it's kind of the best of all worlds. I mean, you're getting the cash flow of rentals, but you're also getting the, um, you know, the benefit of lease option where you're not responsible for the maintenance. Because a lot of times when you add all of those things up, that really starts to drain away your profits, especially if you don't have a certain amount of equity. Um, so it's, it's a really great book. I would recommend to anybody who uh, is interested in real estate. Um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic book and there's a lot of really great knowledge in it. And it's actually free. I believe if you go to, uh, Chris Crone's Instagram and then, um, uh, go to his, uh, his bio. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a really smart guy. Um, but do you know his Instagram by any chance, or do you want to like, yeah, let me, let me pull, pull it up for phone just, yeah. for the, just for the benefit of the viewers, dude. Cause I mean, this class in itself has been worth millions of dollars to a lot of people because of the ideas, one idea could be worth a lot. You get me simply, you get me by what Brock shared, where it's like, dude, go after your dreams. You get me design what you want. Be intentional. Chris Crone. It's K-R-I-S-K-R-O-H-N. And all the similarities that we've had together, you get me with, you get me the various people that we've studied all together yeah. uh, in life, whether it's Jordan Belfort, Grant Cardone, Brad oh. Lee, XYZ, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Better, yeah um, i mean the list goes on <laughs> it's it's the same thing that you were talking about where it's like this and There's then you this just book take by darren, it's the, the yeah. compound effect by darren hardy like the compound of, yep i loved that book just one percent better every single day favorite and man you'll be in such a different place in a year and then in two years and then in five years it's that's just, the difference it's it's, it's crazy Sometimes sooner, uh, stay open, you get me? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, we don't, we, life is a very, very wonderful thing. Like our destinies, we never know how fast we're going to achieve them because it could easily be, we're just grinding, you get me? And then boom, all of a sudden, you know, like some of my friends that are featured on Forbes now, our Men's Health Magazine, great friends of mine as well, you get me? It's kind of like really great friends of mine. It's like, for example, you know, it's the causes of all of that. You know, and they started off, you know, in Miami, you know, their parents, immigrants, some of them, um, them specifically. Yeah. And then, you know, Miami is a very Hispanic city, by the way. Like yeah. a lot of Cubanitas, a lot of Cubans. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people from Colombia, people from Venezuela, people from uh, my permanent families from Nicaragua, you know, people yep. from it's it's a very rich city, though. We'll see down the street, like when we see Miami Vice and all that, it's not hyped up at all. It's nice. You'll be walking down by where I live, and then sometimes we'll have like a Rolls Royce pass by, and it's not like I live in the Coral Gables, although I live in one of the better areas of Miami though altogether. But we'll have like Ferraris. You get me just down the street sometimes, just casually parked at a local house. You get me all around just by passing throughout the area, because it's a very wealth city overall. Like every every city has its bad areas just in the world, but I mean, dude, I my, I don't know, dude, like kick-ass it, it is it's kick-ass I, 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 it, it's anything is possible it doesn't matter where you start from does that make sense yeah. just just for yeah. everybody else that's going to be watching because i know we're just inspiring other people um right now and kind of giving them ideas and direction that you know hopefully you know they, give they me one use. second here all right let me pause it for a quick sec just so
Brock will come back, right? Guys, we just um, found so out, by the way, breaking news. Brock has his own apartment. We had some, like, celebrities, like, pass by and change his water. I'm just kidding. It was the water maintenance guy. But he was changing <laughs> it for him. Freaking, they deliver water to him. You get me? Yeah. Right. What, what were you saying? You get me, Brock? Uh, so, so what I'm, I don't remember what we were talking about before the interruption, but um, okay, I moved from free. California to Colorado. Millions. We went, <laughs> like, my mindset went from zero to 10. And that was the perfect place that I needed to be. I was more focused on the long term. I was less, you know, worried about, you know, oh, am I going to be popular? Oh, are people going to like me? Like, I'm just going to go put my head down, do my shit and get out. So that, that way I can move on to the rest of my life. Because I feel like high school is kind of like that awkward phase when you don't know what you want to do, but you're also stuck and you can't figure out what you want to do. Um, and, and it definitely depends on, uh, you know, what, what your kind of interests are. But for me, I was not interested by school. I wasn't, I wasn't interested by academia. Um, and so it was just I had a scholarship. My time. I had a scholarship. I had prepaid college. I, I got a sales degree from Harvard. That's pretty much what it is. Just want to make sure it's a, it's a degree. It's yeah. just a sales degree from yeah. Harvard. Yeah. And I called all the, all the universities locally. My cousin, he graduated from FSU. Hispanic as well but I mean we just you know I guess a lot of us are smart but yeah. pretty much it's, you know surround yourself just just choose your circle that's all I mean anyways but he didn't learn much there he learned more off Andy Priscilla off Grant Cardone you get me yeah just off 100%. self-education off Gary Vee just self-education then what he did you get me getting his I think master's or bachelor's from like Florida State Universities which is like one of the top colleges like in the world like when you it, it, it really is like that guy I'm, I'm 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 he's freaking brilliant he i think it was a scholarship i don't know like he's brilliant 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 hey he's brilliant he's, he's doing pretty good right now he's but he's knocking doors he ended up going into sales yep i've been studying sales since i've been 16 i've been an entrepreneur since about yeah yeah it's um one thing that i've always found funny um is, is going to college for like a degree in in marketing and and that kind of stuff i mean it, it might make sense for some people. I mean, if you're going to go, you're better off just networking and meeting a bunch of people than you are actually necessarily learning the material that they're teaching. Um, I've talked to plenty of people who have gone through college and they see, you know, all of these people and they meet them, but they never actually build the relationship with them. They come out with their college degree and then they can't really go anywhere. I mean, they get like a basic job and then they just kind of start working and then the rat race begins. Um, and, and it's, 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 it's better for you to go in with the mindset of I'm not necessarily worried about meeting a ton of people here. I'm worried, or excuse me, I'm not worried about like necessarily learning a ton here regarding my degree, but more of meeting the people in the area who I believe are going to be successful. That way, as I continue to progress, I have a network that I can use to get to that next level. I mean, just, just like, it's not necessarily what you know, it's sometimes just who you know. Um, that can help you get to that next level. Um, you know, it's, it's, I've never understood the college, college way. Um, I think you're better off spending the four years and thousand dollars. Trying to learn from people that put, have never built million dollar businesses. Yeah. I'm going to put my hundred thousand dollars of what people would have student loans into getting around people who are at, you know, 15 levels above where I am. Or, you know, I'm going to spend that money investing in assets. I mean, I, right now I'm working on setting up a crypto mining 
um, system to where I'm getting passive income every single day from not having to do anything other than having a Wi-Fi unit. Um, also, with that being said, I'm working on stocks, you know, dividend stocks, growth stocks, you know, starting young, growing so that that way that stuff can grow for me. That stuff is just going to keep growing for me so that that way I can focus on this. And that way, you know, when when hard times do come, I'm prepared um, because I know that hard times are a coming. They're always coming. Um, and it's not necessarily that hard times are coming is the is the bad thing. But what the bad thing is, is when people aren't prepared for it mentally and, you know, financially and physically. Um, it's just it's one of those things where, you know, you just got to hope for the best, but expect the worst. Um, no, that's, that's when you're not... going to need skills, I think. And like financial, like, do you want to do you want to talk about preparation with that book that you read? Probably the other guys. You get me like when a hard times are coming, like what are good ways to like prepare like mindsets, attitudes as hard times are coming. You get me weak men create weak times, strong. I, I, what, what was it? I think strong. Do you, do you, so you the cycle is it's, yeah. it's, it's weak men create hard times. And then those hard times are really hard and that forces men to become strong again. And then those strong men work really, really hard in order to create good times. And then those good times create weak men. And then the cycle repeats. It's about an 80 year cycle. Um, and we're due for the 80 year cycle, the, the, the last 20 or the, the last 20 years of the hard times. Um, and, and it's a coming, I mean, if you can't see it, then you must have some blindfolders on. Um, but it's, you know, the best way to prepare, I would say is figure out how you can be dependable. Um, the people around you, you know, the women in your life, other men in your life, they, everybody needs someone that's dependable. Um, and with that being said, you know, part of what that is, 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 you know, telling people the truth, even when it's hard, but then also being willing to deal with things yourself and also knowing when to rely on other people. Um, there's strength in all of those. Um, and the best way to prepare, I would say, is just focus on your mentality. Because people, they can break you physically, they can break you financially. But the one thing that, like, the Titanic didn't sink because of the water, that the water, like, the, that it didn't float. The, the, the reason why it sank is because the water got inside of the ship. And you can't let the, all of the negativity and all of the bad stuff get in and corrupt you and make you want um, comfort. You got to be uncomfortable. I mean, if you're if you're comfortable, you're dying. If you're not progressing, you're not just plateauing. That plateaus don't exist. You're either going up or you're going down. And so you have to make a decision: Am I going to be going up or am I going to be going down? Am I going to be comfortable or am I going to be uncomfortable? Am I going to have a mediocre life or am I going to have a great life? Am I going to have my cake and eat it too, or am I just going to take my little sliver and be fine with it? Um, you know, settling is one of the most deadly things that exists. I mean, if you settle, essentially everything from here on doesn't, doesn't really matter. You, you don't really have any reason per se for continuing, you know, other than for other people, but you know, that's, that's going to burn out sometime or another. I mean, if your glass, so, so you have to fill up your glass first, because once your glass starts filling up, It'll start to overflow. And where does it go when it overflows? Into the people around you. 
think most people will give up in life when it comes to, I guess, like adversity. Because, like, I'm not sure how many times you failed over and over and over, but I think most people that become successful, they, for example, you get me, have like a lot of like adversity that they go through. Um, and most it's of the time, it's not how many successes me, they had, it's how many failures they had and kept pushing through. 100%. And to give you another quote too, with Winston Churchill, it's like, the loss of um, it's success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm mm-hmm. because people are going to judge you based off how you show up you show up you get me with your shoulders down and as a you get me you know on the outside you get me as a failure or do you show up confident do you give it your all do you have passion you know and are you a winner can you yeah. make the money 100 percent? yeah have you ever read um 10 uh 12 rules for life by jordan peterson i've heard really good things about that book read it you need to. It's it's a okay. it's a game changing book. Um, for me, one of the things that was really interesting about it is that you know people are a lot of times scared of picking up their responsibility. The whole entire reason for life is picking up your your burden of the world. You signed a contract when you were born, whether you liked it or not. It's your responsibility to pick up your little sliver of the bearing of the weight of the world and carry it on your shoulders. Now, most people don't do that, but if you do do that and you do work and you continue to push, you have to walk with your shoulders back and your head up high because you are taking on the responsibility for your burden and your share. Where most people, they don't. They want comfort. They want other people to take care of them. And that's not how the world works. The world doesn't give to people who take. The world gives to people who give. And so with that being said, you have to be willing and, and not just willing, but you have to be determined to pick up your share and you have to do what you can to make it the best opportunity and make the best with what you have. Um, I mean, that book goes a lot into, you know, with, with um, the psycho, the psychology of losing, um, you know, with crabs or crustaceans, a lot of times whenever an alpha male gets injured in a fight and then gets defeated, it actually starts to lose its confidence and then it won't actually go back out and tend to attack. It actually starts to lose the qualities that made it an alpha male. And it actually has to lose its, like the brain starts to degrade and a new brain forms and it's the brain of a, and I hate using the alpha and beta, but that's just the way it is, a beta mentality in its brain and then it doesn't go out and you know it's not as sexually prone to going out and conquering and getting new territory it hides and that's what a lot of people do they stay in their four little walls and they don't go anywhere else they go to work they go home they go to work they go home and that's their routine they don't go out and they don't make an effort to change the world right now what i'm working on is a cash flow club you might have heard of it you might not have um, essentially Robert Kiyosaki, he created a board game, Cashflow 101. And I'm creating a board game around that because for me, what's important is teaching other people financial freedom. Um, it's so sad hearing people who have financial issues because they didn't see the opportunities that were around them. Um, they, they just kind of went with what they had and they didn't try to find the next best, great, latest and greatest. Um, and they also didn't necessarily study the people that came before them. Um, they just kind of went by trial and error. Um, and that's, that's not the best way to go. You know, if you don't learn from other people, it's like, imagine this, 
imagine you're trying to create a car and you're Henry Ford. You know, you're trying to you're trying to figure out the best way to create a car for the masses. Do you start from absolute scratch, forget everything that everybody has taught you, start and redesign the wheel? What, no. what, yeah, I'm gonna you, go, you don't go I'm gonna and go redesign model the wheel. Because they already had stuff that I can build on. Exactly. You take their information. Make it better. First of all, you use your logic, figure out if that is a great form or a great, uh, if that's a great way of doing things. And then you make modifications of it. And that's why we have cars today. He didn't go and recreate a wheel. He didn't go and recreate all of the parts of a car. He took, molded it together, and then he created something great from it. And so you have to do the same Heck thing. You have way. to take bits and pieces from people who are in better positions than you, combine it, and then you, you can put your own you know, creative genius into it. And, and, and when you are learning from people who are better than you, it inspires you to be better. It inspires you to be greater and to chase after the things. Because, I mean, it's like there's so many reasons why you can't. There's so many reasons why you can't. Brock, you inspire me, by the way. I appreciate that, brother. Um, of course. I think yeah, Brock's some... going to be one of my role models now, too. I fucking like him, dude. <laughs> you guys should give him a follow. We're going to put his stuff on the description as well. Go on. I'm serious, dude. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to, you know, I guess it's You want to be around winners, to... dude. Like, think about it. Like, you, you, you want to be around people where it's like, and, and, I, and I always share this with everybody. It's like, imagine you get me the people that you're around. You want people that are going to make you feel important, people that value you, people that cherish you, that treasure you, right? And just people that are real with you. And you also have to understand the, the psychology of humans. Humans always put themselves first. And when you go in with those expectations, Usually. it's a yes and no. There's, there, it, it's almost impossible for the there to be a deed by Robert that Dawkins. Yeah, so that, that book is all about what you said, by the way. Yeah, it, it's almost impossible to have a like non-selfish <laughs> deed. If you give to charity, why do you give to charity? Because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about who you are and what your values are. You don't do something for nothing. You do something or for you, something. Or you just want to like put them on for whatever reason. Look, I'll, I'll share this with you too. Like go back and forth because I mean, this is fucking livid, the conversation we're having. All right. Um, to us, this is casual. This is normal. For the rest of the world, the way that we're breaking it down, the way you're breaking it down, you get me? We're going back and forth here. Dude, this is like, this, does that make like... Yeah. Like it's, it's, most people this, can't see this. This is a little masterclass you got me put together here. You get me between, you get me the two of us, like on our, on our collaboration um, that we have. You get me with two, you get me entrepreneurs. You get me two geniuses, two people that don't, two people that change the world. There's this quote by W. Clement Stone where it says, Do not belittle the practical dreamer, for he or she is the forerunner of civilization. So it's like, Whenever I see anybody, and you get me in John's story, I think might be like this as well. But when we see people that think big, that are super positive, that are enthusiastic, we're drawn to things like that, man. And sure. those people will usually make you better because that's what they want to be able to do for others. So when we live like that, you get me and we're constantly putting people on or like Bob Berg, where it's like the go-giver and we're creating, giving opportunities where most people are trying to take. And it's like, oh, okay, let me, you get me try to give, you know, the fastest way to get what we want to help them get what they want. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, now you kind of said something that made me want to jump back in our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. The dating thing for, for your episode. <laughs> um, so back to the dating, you know, one of the things that I've found is that when you put your purpose in life first, most of the time people think that I need to put the woman in my life absolutely above everything. Um, and a lot of times don't do that. You'll lose the girl. Okay, go on. Exactly. When, when you start to your lose your ambition, you start to lose the sexual polarization. Um, there, there, there's the fight, there's the give and the take. Um, and that polarization, the yin and yang of it is what allows the relationship to be so, um, so, so fluent. And so like, like there's like, whenever your girlfriend is testing you and is, is like, oh, you'll never achieve that. Don't take that necessarily personally because she's testing you. She's trying to see if you're going to give up based on her doubting. And it's not necessarily that she doubts you per se, but she is testing you. She is testing your strength. Girls want to feel the strength of their guy. It's funny because right now what's going on is the, the guys, they were up here, they were the breadwinners. Now in today's day and age, most women, they don't really, they, they want to make their own money. They want to have their own careers. And so what that does is it takes the natural role of what the guy does as being like a breadwinner and it brings them down. Now, what happens is guys, would you agree with me that guys generally try and date down instead of dating up? Yes. Economically? I think, I think, I think most guys just have like lower standards. I think, I think most guys need to study. I don't think it's stuff. lower standards. Most guys guys are, naturally want to have somebody There's so much stuff there. I, I personally like having women that I can take care of, to be honest with you. I, I, I like that. I, I, I'm personally like, I want my girl to be my cheerleader. That's, I, I just need a cheerleader, you get me, that is ambitious, yeah. that's going to pour positive things into my ear, and is going to help me, you get me, with myself, where I'm trying to get to pretty much get there. Yeah. So like I was saying, you know, guys, like it's starting to be right here. And so yeah. what the girls want is they want somebody that's better than them. Somebody or, or that makes more money than them, so that, that way they can have a strong person to rely on. Um, and what's happening is the guys they're starting to make less money because normal girls, I think. I think like healthy girls. I because I, I, th I think some girls try to be masculine, macho. That's exactly it's like, what I'm getting at. Is that to, in today's age, that. that's what's being taught? Because of the media and so and the no traditional way. programming and what's taught to us in yeah. schools, and this is the way to create wealth. And then for mm -hmm. dating, that's what's taught to us throughout the movies, and this yep. is the way to do it. Versus yep. Brock and he kind of deconstructed the matrix you get me oh, i have as well but how we deconstructed the matrix and brock you get me kind of teaching all of us you get me from his experience yeah and 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 so you know um there was a there was a survey done that is most of the girls who are in higher uh, economical standpoints feel like their dating pool as, as girls get higher in the economics they feel like their dating pool goes down when for guys, as their economics go up, they feel like their dating pool goes up. And so what's happening is it's kind of going like this. And what we're seeing is that there's not necessarily a need for each other anymore. And that causes a lot of friction in relationships. Um, I mean, I, in, in the book or in one of Stephen Ar Stephen Arnio's books, he talks about his parents, how his mom became the breadwinner because the dad could not continue to provide for the family. And he literally lost his marriage because he wasn't able to be the man of the relationship. That's when, when, the, when, the, when the man falls out of the masculine role, the female feels the need to step into that role. And when that happens, you lose sexual, sexual, sexual polarization. And then the relationship starts to fall.
Now, I'm not necessarily saying that sex is everything, but there's a lot to do with beyond sex. <laughs> the sexual polarization has to do with everything. Um, and so it, just kind of stepping back, you know, you need to put your goals and ambitions first. And when you do that. And you're right 100%, by the way, with the polarization. Like just going back and forth or like everybody else, just solidifying yeah, and- that. People think that as you get older and as your relationship develops, it gets better. It doesn't. You got to learn to tango with it. You got to learn to dance with it. You know, you got to learn to laugh when, you know, you get home and your girlfriend yells at you because you didn't go and get the milk on your way home from work. You know, you got to laugh about it and be like, I'll go get milk and, you know, make like, you know, turn it like be romantic about it. Brock's a fucking alpha, man. I fucking love him. And, and, and so it, it's one of those things. Hope you don't where, think I'm a beta. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, my man. Um, that is wrong. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you have to have to set yourself up in that position, and and really learn relationships. Most people, it's one of those things where most people don't put any effort into their relationships by learning how to be better in a relationship. They don't learn how to be better at work. They don't learn how to be better in their personal life. And that's why you see all of these people who are mediocre. It's not because, I mean, the the average American reads one book per year. And I think it was like- Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully they read one a year. It's fucked up. It's real though. It's real, it's real. Brock, they don't fucking read shit. Most people will never get anywhere. It's like- like, Not even necessarily that. pets are you, bro? Like, it's, it's, this is serious. You're right, by the way. Like this, like, and- and, Any books that help them. They read romance books or or fiction books and all of this bullshit that doesn't help them. And good for you for reading. I mean, reading has its own benefits alone, but when you read stuff that puts you further, the average CEO reads 63 it, books a year. Oh, it's 63. That was 52. 63? Okay. I thought I, I might have heard a different statistic. It, hey, man, you get me fucking read. Yeah. Just it as a read range, a lot. 52 to 63. Invest thousands of dollars in your education that's every year. 52 times. Now, let's put that into years. Let's say that's how it is for 10 years. What's 10 times 52? That's going to be 520 books compared to your. 10 books. Hopefully. Now do you understand the economical difference? When people Just complain to me about why the rich are making so much money and they're not, the system is against me. No, the system's not against you. You're against yourself. 100% for everything, by the way. It's, that's just, that's, that's really how it is. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's something that people need to work on. I mean, it takes small steps for me. What that did, what, what, I, what I did was audible. I, uh, I audible. car Academy. Um, I, I consider it car Academy. I think I've mentioned this on closer school live, but where I don't, Bradley's I don't put on my music when I get in the car, I, I don't put on music. I don't put on the radio. I don't put on a, you know, a random book. I put on and a book a library that me to the next level. The average person I believe it spends 22,000 hours of their lifetime, and I could be wrong about that number, but I'm pretty sure it's 22,000 hours of their lifetime commuting, driving from place to place, A to B, especially if your di- like if your drive is longer than 45 minutes to work, especially. 
And you could master, literally get to the degree of mastery if you spent half of that time educating yourself on a specific topic. That's mind boggling. How much time is wasted in a car? You have to kind of dial in and figure out how can I use my time best? Because whether you like it or not, the sand in your time, I don't remember exactly what those things are called, the hourglass, the sand always keeps falling. You cannot pause that sand. It's always gonna keep falling. And so with that being said, what you do with those little grains of sand that are slipping away is gonna be the difference between a great life and laying on your deathbed with regrets. Knowing I could have done this. If only I would have done this. If only fear wouldn't have stopped me. If only fear wouldn't have been in the way. It's um, because what if you reality, but because you probably will if you just stick to it. Yeah. If if you learn every single day just for like a little bit, you had something and you're gonna it's gonna click automatically, of course. Where it's like Earl Nightingale said, you can become one of the best in the world if you study just one hour a day, your field yeah. or your profession. Within three years, five years, and seven years, within three years, you're going to become very proficient at what you do. Within five years, you're going to become, you get me, you know, one of the best in your industry at what you do. Within seven years, you're going to become one of the best in the world. Yep. 100%. You get me at what you're training, you get me, or you get me what you do, you get me, because of the self-education, because of the compound effect. Definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon when you start your journey and then two years later, you look back and you're like, I don't even recognize myself. If I was to talk to myself two years ago, we wouldn't even be friends. I would cut him out of my social circle. You weren't ready for it, probably. You like and that's another thing is such, it's some people aren't ready for success. They're not ready for it sometimes. And it scares them. You gotta uh, be ready for it. Stay ready. <laughs> or get ready to stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. <laughs> and it shows um so a comfort, your comfort zone is here and your perceived limits are here. Your growth zone is here. And then the life that you want is right here. But this, this mountain right here, it doesn't really exist. It's all up here. You know, it, it, it's fascinating to me how many people spend their entire lives inside of their comfort zone and never stepping out of it. What are some things that you do, you get me, to always stay uncomfortable? Like, what are some mindsets for that? Trying new things. Um, I mean, that sounds super basic, but I mean, really, when you try new things in any area of your life, it bleeds into everything else. It's refreshing. It's like, it's like having a refreshing thing come through you because you're trying something new. You're stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, for me, one of the things that I've recently started to take up was, as I mentioned earlier, crypto mining. Um, I, I, I stumbled upon it and I've just become fascinated with it. I mean, my computer, as we're speaking, is literally making me money. It's, That's it's fucking nuts, Brock. It's making me money as I'm speaking to you right now. Um, and that was such a crazy mindset shift that I've had this computer right here. How does that work? And... Brock, I, I might make this a flagship episode, by the way. Like, I might just be, I just, I, cause I, I yeah. How does that work, by the way? Crypto mining? I, yeah, just like, just, yeah, this episode oh. is tremendous, dude. I mean, it's, it's yeah, fucking so, a, bro. So, 
I, I don't want to go Especially with two young guys. It's really complex and I'm still trying to understand it fully. Um, but essentially I just have my, uh, my little PC thing here. Let me turn off my, uh, I'll try, I'll try. you're awesome. <laughs> let me turn off my, uh, my virtual background real quick. So as you can see here, this is my little computer thing here. I have this taken off of it. My little, uh, screen thing here and I have my GPU here and then I have my uh, uh, my CPU I, I don't exactly want to mess around in there too much but this essentially is making money all day every day it's running 24 7 and it's just going and going and going let me let me bring it up so I use nice hash it's essentially a software where you download it and then yeah. within 20 minutes you're mining crypto now, right now, I'm not doing super great with the amount that I've made, but I just recently started this, and I've made seven dollars in two days from doing absolutely nothing. Dude, get the heck out of here! That's just that, that in itself is like a freaking fancy thing. You're, I'm sure the potential for that is millions or hundreds of thousands or a lot. And yeah. I just went and yeah. I invested five hundred, five hundred, and yeah, five hundred dollars into another crypto miner that just sits yeah. over by my window. And it makes me anywhere from five to fifty dollars a day, doing absolutely nothing. It's just pulling one dollar of electricity each month, making me money every single day. Um, anyways, I mean, it's just it's a fascinating concept. And when I when I when I started to dive into it, I was just blown away at the potential um, and and how it's not talked about. I mean, you hear all these side hustles like go out and start mowing lawns, and it's like the crazy thing is is you have one of the most advanced systems sitting in your pocket at all times um and most people don't use it most people use it for instagram for comfort things instead of using it for uncomfortable things that make them better and make them more money um and, and i don't like making everything about money for me honestly i could care less about money um i want to get to a point to where money doesn't matter to me to where i don't have to worry about your freedom about Freedom, exactly. options, options, That's, that's freedom, exactly what I was getting is, is, is money, is not, money, money in the long run does not matter. It really does not. What matters to me is freedom. And in our society, money is how you get freedom. Money, you can either use your time to get money or you can buy back your time with money. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build an empire that gives me my time back because I don't like working a nine to five. A nine to five is not. I fun. hate working for people too it's, long. It's, I, don't like, <laughs> I don't like somebody telling me that I have to wear a uniform. I don't like somebody telling me when and I. And you're usually sharper than the people around you because they don't self-invest, and it's horrible. And it's like, it, I, I get it. I and, yeah, I do. And and honestly, a lot of times, depending on where you're at, there are some places that are nine to fives. They can work really great. And then there's other times where they are literally pulling the life out of you, and they're not bringing you up. The only thing that they're doing is giving you more money. Now, the nice thing about my job currently is that it gives me a lot of time to put my head down and focus on building my education, building things like my crypto, building things like, you know, my investments, my, my, my sales ability, those kind of things. It's, it's a really great position from where I'm at right now in the stage of my life. The next level for me is going to be fucking crazy. It's going to be all the time go and it's i mean i see it coming in the next six to eight months just being like a boom and then i'm just taking off at the races fuck yeah dude dude by the way when i say like heck yeah or fuck yeah and i'm like trying to like 
pour even more belief and enthusiasm into you. Most people in the world, choose your friends. Does that make sense? Audit your circle. Like yeah, we, we want to we, we be around people that are going to literally make us better. The Bible will share iron sharpens iron. You want to be around people that are fucking nutty, that are intense, that are extreme, where they're literally shaping the world. Yeah. I think for me, one of the things that helped me be able to have a little bit of an understanding about this before I actually understood it, I guess I would say, um, is sports. Um, when I was a wrestler, I was the, unfortunately, I, um, I was injured and I wasn't able to wrestle anymore. Um, but when I was, when I was wrestling, I was the JV captain and I also wrestled on varsity as well. Um, but it, it was so interesting. You were popular as shit, dude. How, when I was able to help another person, I got better myself. When you teach other people, the level of mastery is great. But then whenever, whenever, whenever you're able to transfer that mastery to somebody, to someone else, it takes your understanding from mastery to above mastery. And that's where I like, Hill talks about that as well. Same yeah, way you it's, are. It's, 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 it's fascinating. And so that's something that I learned through wrestling and through hockey and through sports is, is when you have a team and you guys grow together and you care about, you know, helping that person grow, because you know, if you help them grow, they'll help you grow. It's a game changer. Whenever you're in an environment that's, that's you're helping them grow, they're helping you grow, you're helping this person grow, that person's helping you grow. And then everybody's pouring into each other, of course, for their own selfish reasons, but they're pouring into each other and getting something in return. That's creating a network that is built out of like solid rock instead of sand, like most people, where it's just these skin deep relationships where it's not building upon each other and a real relationships. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many friends I've had that it, like it's, Brad teaches it's, us. Indeed, you know, you like they, like uh, when I moved to Colorado, I I didn't realize how many people didn't actually care about me, how many people it was just they were around me because it was convenient. they wanted something from you or whatever it was, exactly. or they wanted to trying to they, they were trying to use you to get to some of your friends that you have now or whatever it is. Exactly, um, and and that's a very okay, very. Outside unfortunate thing but i mean it's it's how people work you know and um when you start to realize that you're able to use that to your advantage you know when you're able to um give people value they will use you but then you can also take from that relationship as well um i was talking to somebody the other day who has given their entire life given 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 I think for giving what, what we, we what we want to do specifically is that we we always want to water everybody around us and it's I, I'm, I'm just gonna put my perspective on this and I've I've literally multiplied my relationships and they're blossoming in every area of my life you get me in a way where it's because you get me when when I, I recommend everybody study Bob Berg by the way he, he's he's been coaching me online for free for a couple of months he's an international speaker pretty much um, he's extremely famous. I might even have him on the podcast soon, to be honest with you, uh, on June, if things uh, work out well. But um, June first. But um, uh, when we give, you get me. It's it's watering the people around us. It's just we will have our goals, we'll have our dreams, but it doesn't mean that we can't align them. Where it's like I'm taking it. 
taking it and giving the way he teaches it and the way I'm sharing now, it's like, it's the same. When we take and when we give, they're both they're both in one. It's like when we breathe, we we inhale. You got me. We're taking from the world. We're taking mm -hmm. oxygen. And then we're giving. We exhale. We're giving, but the, but they use it. But, but we're but we're taking the oxygen. We need to breathe. But they but they also need the carbon dioxide to to, to to live. So to water the relationships where everybody's growing abundantly because it's all in one. It's not so much taking or giving, it's what can we do for that person? How can we make their life better? How can we enhance their future? And by the way, the law of compensation, the way Napoleon Hill would teach it, have yep. some textbooks by him actually that are worth about 10 grand. You can Google these on eBay. These are originals, these won't exist anymore. The law of success. I, I love Napoleon Hill. I've studied all of his stuff, all of it, all of it, just about 1943. That's between World War One and World War Two. There you go. That's and cool. pretty much you get me. It's giving and taking is one. When we out when we give and when we take, it's one. The law of compensation will share that a lot of the time when we're out there and we keep giving in life altogether, what happens then is that now we can be able to eventually get all that back because of the compound effect because the universe will keep giving it back to you i'm, I'm i love jesus i christian yeah. but yeah. pretty much you get me the universe gives it back to you and it yeah. keeps opening doors and it keeps on locking and the more you give the more you have one thing that was a huge mindset shift for me was believing in energies and vibrations um, it's it, real dude all of it, it is real it's when real I, when god I, is real when i started <laughs> off when i started off um you know, when I was, many miracles. I was like, oh, you hippies are fucking weird. What are you talking about? Vibrations, energies. You guys are weird. There's no, that, I don't believe in fairy tales. And then as I started to, you know, develop myself and like bring my brain to a higher level, um, I was able to see, I was attracting different people into my life than who I was previously. And it's, it's fascinating as well as when you start to take responsibility for everything in your life, literally everything, that everything comes down to a choice, literally everything. And there's always a consequence to your action. There's a good consequence or a bad consequence. Doing this podcast, there's going to be consequences that come from it. Good. Dude, I honestly think it's going to be great. I'm going to use this as a flagship episode. I, I want you to start posting more stuff on YouTube if you if you want, or because you I've been fucking, actually, you're a fucking genius, Brock. Well, why aren't you posting more online? <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude? You're, you're, an, you're an authority, Brock. Like, <laughs> my gosh, dude. I've been working on some video ideas. We've only met through closer school before. You get me, and we're we're, we're always getting coached. You get me, but I mean, geez, dude. Like, my mind is running with ideas. Or positivity so these are all the uh i have a couple of pages of ideas for uh you guys can really see it but um for what i'm going to be posting here soon it's just i uh for a while i was um i was doing posts and i was being a little bit more um Fuck yeah, dude. Or not. we're um, worthy and i didn't feel like the content that i was bringing was my most best we are worthy um so i took a step back I, I still have all of my stuff up that i posted um but 
I think that this next time that I do it, I'm going to create a bunch of content first and then slowly release the content that I've already created, giving me time for I don't have the pressure so that I can use my creative um, mass or my um, you're working your plan my creative gen genius into my videos. Because one thing that I feel like has happened is that I was just trying to push stuff out. It wasn't quality. It wasn't as good as I could have made it. I didn't explain things as clearly as I could have, and that diminished the, the quality of it. Um, and so my focus now is making a transition from being, um, you know, just, just putting something out to now making it to where I'm actually giving my best self and putting it out there to help those people. Um, but yeah, um, I do unfortunately have to head out here soon. Um, I, uh, I'm going to play hockey. Wrap up the episode. How do you want to how do you want to leave the viewers so you could have the final words leave some inspiration for these guys? I know that we could find you on Instagram at brockmw underscore 22. Yep, yep. Um, you know, really what I would what I would leave it with is start to take baby steps to work on yourself. When you set the goals too high, it's great to have big goals and to be thinking big. Think big, but in small ways if that makes sense. Take small steps, make it actionable. Start reading books. Do what is comfortable at first and then start working your way outside of your comfort zone. If you step too far out, you are not going to be able to sustain that level. You have to work at a consistent pace. Um, consistency is better than sprints. Um, you know, we all know the story of the hare and the tortoise. Um, that's kind of where it comes down to, you know, in order to improve, you have to do it in your time. You have to work and consistently work. Put in the work day in and day out. It doesn't have to be necessarily what Jeff Bezos is doing today. You can't put yourself on those expectations. You have to do what's doable for you today and then go from there. Um, you know, with that, I would say read books instead of listening to music in your car. Listen to books or even design. Where you were on your way to work, you listen to a book. On your way home from work, if you had a rough day, listen to music to get yourself back up in a good mood. But be putting positive information inside of your brain at all times, and you will reap the rewards. Um, also, with that being said, create multiple flows of income. If you rely on one flow of income, you have way too much stress and way too much focus on that one source. You're putting all of your eggs in one basket, which can be a good thing because you can grow that a lot quicker, but it's also great to have other areas where you're diversifying a little bit in order to create a level to where you can stand on and push off of. Whenever you give yourself that opportunity, you're gonna go so much farther. Um, with that, I'd say be great, um, do what you can, continue to advance, and um, you know, always give what you can 1% per day. You know, always, get, always become 1% better than you were today. You're not comparing yourself to, I don't compare myself to Brad Lee because Brad Lee- He's a role he, model though of yours. He's somebody you identify with in a certain way. I compare myself to who I was yesterday. And the only reason why I would be disappointed in myself is if I didn't be better than who I was yesterday. And that's all that matters to me is getting better each and every day. That way, when I look back in a month, I'm like, wow, I am doing way more than I was a month ago. And then in two years, I'm gonna be doing 10 times more than what I'm doing today. So that's really, that's really what I want to leave it at, you know, just, just find ways to improve yourself. Um, read atomic habits, stack your habits and 
you will, you know, at, at when you first start off, don't worry about the how, just worry about your why and, and things will come. All right, guys, Brock finished it off. So I'm just going to end the episode here and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you, Brock. Okay.